Hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit. So did you know that according to research, the average attention span of a person in 2000 was 12 seconds? By 2015, this had dropped to 8.25 seconds. Now, apparently, a goldfish is estimated to have an attention span of approximately 9 seconds. Perhaps, like me, you've wondered how to get your message across in a captivating way. Well, images are probably your best bet. Not great news for a podcaster. I'll do my best, but I make no promises. Here's something about depth, complexity and simplicity, which I've had bimbling around in my brain for a little while. And I can't remember if I thought I wanted to share it with you before or where or how. But here it is. Quite some time ago, a colleague uh, came in to the office uh, with, uh, with a book. And it was a book about Pixar. And I don't know which book it was. Um, I don't know if it was The Art of Pixar, but it was more about how they operate and how they develop ideas. And they have this idea in there called Simplexify. To simplexify things. And so that, I think, is fantastic. It's always stayed with me. You take the great things of complexity in terms of simplicity. Love it. Great stuff from Barney. And if you listen to Loco Ludus, you'll know he's full of it. I mean, you know, great stuff that is. Hey, Colin, it's Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I just listened to your episode where you talked about gatekeeping. And, you know, I think I've talked about this before, but it's been a long time. I haven't talked to anybody about anything in quite a while. Um, I, To me, it seems like this is about why and how people play the game fundamentally. I mean, if you enjoy creativity and you play the game for uh, out of curiosity of what other people will come up with, you know, that's me. I'm about storytelling and I'm about creativity and that's just where my interests lie. So I like PBTA games. I like a lot of the rules light stuff because I'm not so interested in making a game into a math test or risking everybody's life every session. I'm not judging people who are in any way. I'm really not. I just don't like to play that way. You know, in my life, I like to make things. I go through cycles of realizing how important creativity is to me. And I really think that it is a wonderful thing for anyone. But I understand that some people enjoy the process of creativity and some people don't. And if you don't, I don't think that you're going to enjoy learning new rules or learning um, side rules or learning edited rules to a game that you've played. I mean, it seems like some people love role-playing games because they're very structured and they know what to expect. Even though someone could throw a different monster at them, fundamentally, it's all very linear. A happens, B happens, C happens. There isn't any of this leaping about the alphabet like a crazy person. <laughs> Hi, my name's Joe. I'm from the po- the Biggest Geekest podcast. And I just listened to your episode. Uh, I believe it was titled 5th Edition D&D is Boring, which I kind of sympathize with. 
being boring or not is completely subjective, like you said. And uh, but um, I get my enjoyment from my from hanging out with my friends and making memories at the table. The system isn't really dependent on that too much. I don't. I'm not a real big proponent of fifth edition, but with a good group of players, it doesn't really matter one way or the other what system you play, as long as you have a good time. Sounds like I enjoy my five year a little bit more than Joe, but I was taken aback with the suggestion that it was boring. But of course, different strokes for different folks, which is of course basically what Liren's saying in her proceeding calling. I've got to confess, I'm quite intrigued by Liren's comments around the ABC, the A then B then C linear progression of a game. I'm not entirely sure if that's a reference to D&D or not, and I don't want to make any assumptions. Perhaps ABC is just this week's definition of OSR. I don't know. But it gets us back round to labels and categorising games. And Liren went away, did some thinking and called in again. I know I've talked before about labeling things. And, you know, this is another place where that comes to mind. As long as you say what's on the tin, as long as you aren't calling your game pure D&D or only calling it D&D and then adding different mechanisms to it without telling people ahead of time that that's going to happen, then I just don't see any problem at all with sharing your creative ideas or your systems or your house rules or whatever you want to call it anywhere. I think the problem happens when people come in and what they get is not what they expected. That can be a big challenge. It's kind of like if I go to a Mexican restaurant, I expect Mexican food, but I don't mind if it's regionally different. You know, like there used to be a restaurant called El Carbon and it was, I think it was advertised as Dominican Mexican or something like that. And their food was very different. It was still delicious. But like when I walked in there, I knew it wasn't going to be, hey, this is what Taco Bell has, right? Because it said Dominican Mexican food. So I really, I, I just can't get past the fact that I do think that there are certainly times when labels are very helpful. And figuring out who the right audience is for a game is a perfect example of that. Really, I think what it boils down to is I'm of the opinion that somebody has got to be creative somewhere along the lines. Otherwise, you're never going to see anything new. We've got news, no new stuff coming in. And the trouble with new things is they can be difficult to label and we need to be aware of semantics when we're communicating. Management of expectations can be super problematic. In gaming, I think... It's everybody's responsibility. So it's not just labelling. I think there's got to be uh, a proper conversation. For example, a penguin, in the same way as a chicken, is a bird. Likewise, a chaste monk is a bachelor. Now, if I'm serving roast bird pie at my bachelor pie, do you still want to attend? Or would you ask me a few questions? I would suggest 
that you would have some questions in that situation. Why is that any different in a game? Hey Colin, Jay, just wanted to thank you for your Lego episode. I'm also a massive Lego fan, have been for years. My stuff's just gathering dust and you just reminded me to go and get it out. So thank you for that. I also remember that back in the early 2000s when I worked for GW, we used to go to some of the big uh, conventions down in London. Um, I remember... um, and there was a big Lego pirate game at the time, and that might have been, I don't know, I haven't looked at Brick Wars, and, I, and thank you for that, by the way, I will go and check that out. But um, I remember there being this huge kind of big pirate game with uh, Lego figures and, you know, on a big Lego ship, using some rules as a war game, skirmish game, and it was fab, and I loved it, and that idea has always stuck with me. I've done dungeon stuff using um, bricks and uh, Lego and uh, actually, to be honest with you, it's a much cheaper way of having minis because, you know, you can fiddle around with them. So I just want to thank you for reminding me about it. And, you know, the energy that you have, the enthusiasm you have for that was really infectious. Hey, Colin, Jason here. Really enjoyed hearing you talk about Legos. Glad that that's something you can do with your kids. They really enjoy. That's always a big plus. Um, and I agree with you. I'm not nearly as creative as you, but, you know, Legos do have that draw. I'll be able to do anything with them and being so versatile you know there are very few things that are as versatile as that yeah so lego is great stuff i love it i think that came across in the episode i was working on a an idea to build up an army got a spaceman a lego spaceman army on the go got all the lego out been going through the process of sorting it out i wanted to get all the white bricks together because they make really nice architectural models and that's why I was playing with that. But the wargaming has taken a little bit of a backseat again. Sonny's really into his painting at the moment. And, you know, kids are like, they just go through phases, probably pretty much like all of us. The only trouble with it is it is quite time consuming. And you might have heard I've got my hands a little bit full at the moment with uh, ideas around a career in teaching. And there's good news on that front. I had the interview to get a a placement in a school to do my training. That's going to be starting in September. I've got some other work to do, probably starting in April to build up my subject knowledge. That's funded training, something the government are doing to encourage people into design and technology. So I'm looking forward to that. It's super exciting stuff but it does mean that my my gaming is suffering and i'm having to make a few cutbacks on the time that i'm playing i think i worked out that i'm in seven different games and yeah i mean that's not going to be sustainable oh well what can you do You, you you have to make some sacrifices to progress in other areas i suppose with that thought let's segue into the last Free messages. We're going to hear from Che Webster of Roleplay Rescue, Goblin's Henchman, and Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Congratulations on deciding to go to take your PGCE or postgraduate certificate in education. I think it's an amazing thing to do. I did it um, late, th- what was I, late 30s, and I was 1939 40, and um, yeah, I haven't looked back actually, really. Uh, teaching is hard don't get me wrong but it was really really rewarding and I um yeah probably the hardest year of um my life in some ways but um 
you know, really, really worthwhile. So, you know, chin up, man, and go for it. I'm just really up for that and uh, look forward to hearing uh, more about that as you go forward. Game on, man. Good luck with the uh, um, teacher training. That's fantastic. Uh, you certainly have all the hallmarks to make you a great teacher. So uh, I think the kids will be lucky when uh, you, you're qualified. I'm just wondering, is there, is there a slight irony here in this, that you uh, you don't have your GCSE qualifications from back in 1990, but maybe you do have the, your RPG material? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Anyway, it sounds like you you did your GCSEs the same year as me, so... If you wanted to change your name, I could could post you mine. And that, as they say, is a wrap. Thanks to everybody who called in, making this Into the Pit episode possible. Massive thanks to the Pit Crew, my patrons over on Spike Pit Patreon. And last but not least, a big thanks goes out to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later. I got nothing negative to say about your latest episode. I agree, all those are great ways to win D&D. So, great job. Look forward to the next one.